Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. It's time for another edition of Simply Financial. Great to have you along with us today. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, and uh, we enjoy turning to Kevin Ray for guidance and advice each week here on the program. He is our financial coach at Insight Folio, serving you all throughout the Tri-City area with offices in Pinconning and Saginaw as well. You can find him online at insightfolios.com. Click the listen button to ask questions and listen to past episodes. Kevin has about three decades of experience in the financial planning world, and that's why he's such a valuable resource to the local community, helping folks and families prepare to get to and through retirement. And Kevin, it's great to be with you once again on the show this week. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well, Walter. We're in the midst of, you know, coming on to July and going into August already. Things are going quicker, aren't they? We fast-forwarded a lot. We're, we're going into July, Kevin. What are you we're talking? going in, into July, but August just run. I'm, I'm noticing all the what, wheat changing Why are you fast-forwarding through uh, the summer already? You've, you've skipped a whole month almost. Well, I know. I know. I don't mean to do it that fast, but I'm just thinking around the corner, you know? You're, you you like the cooler temperatures, I think, right? You're not, no, you're not enjoying the heat that we're no, getting? No, I, I like, well, we're not getting much heat, you know? know as far like you guys are getting but we're you know it was 60s you know this week it's been down in the 50s so a bit of an up and down june that's for sure yeah yeah Yeah. but i have noticed the wheat started turning so that's always my indication that uh we're mid you know we're we're midsummer heading on the other way down so (laughs) (laughs) any uh big plans for july 4th coming up for you Nope, gonna hang around the house, maybe do a little fishing and uh, you know a little yard work and those kind of things. But that's I'm not headed north with everybody else this time, so we're gonna stick around the house. You ever able to see any uh, fireworks from the backyard or anything like I, that? I can if uh, I can um, if I go out a little ways in Linwood, um, where I live in Linwood, I can see they're shooting them off all over the water. And, all over the place but sometimes i can even see the bay city fireworks go off if, depending where i'm standing so nice well that's fantastic yeah yep. uh well i we we like to do the same if we don't go out and see the july 4th fireworks somewhere we'll just stand in the backyard the funny thing is we can't see them because our trees are too tall all around us but we can hear them going off all over the place <laughs> <laughs> we just have an audio show in the backyard usually that's that's sometimes if we don't go out and see the shows that's uh that's our our little july 4th fun so it's, well, being, uh, it's a, being in Linwood it. on the bay there, you can look across, you can see them shooting them off in Cassie. Oh, there's nothing like Niagara. seeing fireworks over water. That's yeah. the best. Yeah. So everybody has their own fireworks. So, you know, we mm-hmm. get a, we get a show right there. So, well, we've got a great show on the way for you today as we kind of wrap up the month of June here with some good topics. Uh, the Secure Act, something we talked a little bit about throughout 2020. Well, there's kind of a Secure Act 2.0 that we're going to talk about on today's show. Some changes to the original proposal and kind of a second round of things to be thinking about. And it does impact a lot of retirees and pre-retirees. So uh, listen for that coming up in just a few moments, and we'll get to some other things on the program today as well. But let's start things out with a fun fact of the week, Kevin, a fact that I think is quite unbelievable. I question the validity of the fun fact of the week, but okay. I'm going to throw it out there. 40% of American adults, 40%, absorb that for a moment, 40%, still sleep with a teddy bear. 
What's your name of your teddy bear, Walter? <laughs> <laughs> Connie. <laughs> <laughs> that is very, very hard for me to believe, too. 40%. I don't know anybody that sleeps. With them. Of course, maybe if they do, they're not telling anybody, but I don't know anybody. Do you? I don't. I mean, mm. I guess I'm not in other people's bedrooms very often, so maybe I don't know. But yeah, I don't. No one has revealed to me that they're still sleeping with a teddy bear. So I. I I, I have a hard time believing that. Now, I will say, uh, I was pretty shocked back when I broadcasted women's basketball. I would travel with the team. So, you know, we're dealing with 18 to 21-year-olds, typically. They all had teddy bears, and they would walk around with them or yeah. some, so, some sort of stuffed animal. Um, and they would take them with them to games and on the planes, and they would have them in the hotel. Like, they were, they didn't leave home without their stuffed animals i always thought it was kind of bizarre but i think they also had it was like part of the team like each each person had a stuffed animal that represented their like personality on the court you know like one was this you know the snake and the other was the you know the the, 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 the bear or whatever so i mean they had some sort of meaning behind them i guess so maybe that's just not as typical but and if they didn't bring it it was probably superstition you have to have that to win yeah there might have been something about that but I don't know. Maybe there's a whole bunch of uh, people out there sleeping with teddy bears that we just don't know about. But you're really not going to tell us the name of yours, right? <laughs> I told you. <laughs> Connie, she's my teddy bear. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't have one, um, I could definitely say. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Body pillows, I would believe. I've seen a lot of I, – I know a couple of people who use body pillows, and I tried one. They just made me too hot. Have you ever seen those or tried one of those? Oh, oh yeah. No, I've, I've never tried one, but I know a lot of people who like use them between their legs at night. You yeah, know, and, yeah, and that those kind of stuff. Yep, yep. But yeah. nope, I'm just a plain Jane, you know, one pillow and go to sleep. So Maybe we're missing out something. Need, they need to do an overlap between does a teddy bear help you sleep better? And maybe these 40% of people are actually onto something. And we need to try sleeping with a teddy bear, see if it helps us sleep better. Well... <laughs> <laughs> is it worth it is it worth is it, it to worth sleep it? with a teddy bear because to once sleep your, better once your friends know you know it's all the game the bets are off right <laughs> you'll never live it down you never will no. again that's a fun fact of the week we are highly questioning the validity of the fun fact but nonetheless it was published somewhere and uh I, I think people were maybe fibbing in their responses to that question that's my guess but I would guess that too. So, nonetheless, an interesting thing to discuss. Uh, if you sleep with a teddy bear, let us know. Give us a call at the show. Uh, tell us. Maybe we'll get forty percent of our listeners responding, telling us that they do sleep with a teddy bear, and we'll have to eat crow on this one a little bit, Kevin. But I don't think so. I don't think so either. <laughs> we'll see, though. All right, let's get on to more serious matters. Uh, speaking of teddy bears, security blankets. We're talking about the Secure Act on today's show. Now, come on. That's a pretty impressive segue right there. I've got to it say. is. You're good. That's why you're the man. That, that was a good one. Uh, all right. Secure Act. We rewind in what seems like long, long ago, the beginning of 2020, before the pandemic and everything happened. We thought the big financial news of the year to track was going to be the Secure Act, creating some significant differences in how people should plan for retirement. And then, you know, COVID happened, and we've had a lot of economic fallout and uh, other financial news come from that. But Secure Act is still there. And while it's not law yet, there's already a Secure Act 2.0 on the horizon that could very likely become law before the end of the year. So I want to talk about some of the provisions and why they could be important 
for folks to kind of consider and think about. So we're going to hit some of the highlights on the show today of the Secure Act 2.0 and see how it might impact you. Uh, first one, Kevin, RMDs, those required minimum distributions, the age would continue to get higher under some of these new proposals. So something that was a big change in 2020 looks like already maybe changing again. Right. So if we just go back, you know, barely over a year, the RMDs, which stands for Required Minimum Distribution, used to be 70 and a half. And then Secure Act changed it and raised it to 72. So what does that mean? That means that you are not required to take a minimum distribution from your IRA until age 72. Now, the new version does this for the RMDs. It's initially going to increase to 73 on January 1st, 2022, if they pass it then 74 on January 1st, 2029, and then 75, they're going to raise it to 75 on January 1st, 2032. I like this idea because it gives us as financial advisors more flexibility and more years to do some planning. So for example, let's see how this RMD uh, would, would work in somebody's favor. If you're 75 years old, the number would be 22.9. Now, what that number means is between you and your beneficiary, you and your spouse, you have 22.9 years to live. So what the IRS says, in order to calculate your minimum distribution, we're going to take whatever your value of your IRA, your 401k is on December 31st, and we're going to divide it by your life expectancy. Now, these life expectancy tables are, are probably going to change, but as of now, it would be 22.9. So if you turned 75 and this law is enacted at $100,000, your RMD is going to be $4,366. You have to take that. If you don't, the penalty is 50% of what you should take. And for individuals who don't need the money, this is where the planning comes in. You can delay taking your RMD from just a couple of years ago from 70 and a half now to 75 in a few years. And it's going to provide an opportunity to convert more of your traditional 401s, your traditional IRAs over time to a Roth IRA. So if you do that, you're going to pay taxes on the money that's converted and withdrawals down the road are going to be tax-free. And more important, withdrawals down the road that goes to your children, your grandchildren, and your heirs are going to be tax-free too. Just remember when you convert those though, there's an opportunity, but taxes are due. Um, but that's, I think that's a great opportunity. And, and they're going to, you know, they're finally inching that up. Did you know that, Walter? Because, you know, we're living longer. It used to be seven and a half for years and years and years. So as we live longer, th those numbers probably will increase. It's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, those RMDs continuing to go up, just a, a sign of things shifting, especially when it comes to ages. And um, you're going to see that, I think, as a common thread through some of these changes that we're going to bring up on the show today. Um, and like you said, uh, Social Security, when it comes to other things, we may see these ages constantly starting to shift a little bit yep. to match life expectancies and how people are wanting to retire earlier but living longer in retirement or uh, the flip side working longer lots of different kind of factors kind of pulling and pushing in some of these uh, some of these areas so definitely interesting though uh, you know not a bad thing right for people to not have to worry about RMDs for a couple of more years would your clients sort of take this overall as a positive thing they would because most of my clients that we sit down and we talk to, they're you know, they don't really want them and they don't really need them. We don't like being so, forced to do anything. So no, no. <laughs> but then that's the thing. Oh my, you know, then all of a sudden you may have a big RMD. You know, if it was a hundred thousand dollars and it was forty three hundred and you have a million dollar out of rate, then it's forty three thousand. So it can it can get out of hand quickly and you're kicking the tax can down the road. So that's why I like this. There's more opportunity. It gives you longer time to do some planning that curtail that make a big tax impact on you and your family. 
That's a great point. All right, again, that's the RMD age under Secure Act 2.0 proposal could continue to get higher. Something else that's proposed in Secure Act 2.0. By the way, if you have any questions about things we cover on today's show, feel free to reach out. Kevin's your financial coach at Insight Folio, serving you throughout the Tri-City area, an office in Pinconning and Saginaw as well. 888-885-PLAN is the number to call. 888-885-7526. Secure Act 2.0 also looks at employers auto-enrolling you in a 401k. Again, kind of speaking of things being forced to do something or not forced to do something, except this one's a little just bit more of like, what's the default, right? Right. So the new Secure Act, we're calling it 2.0, right? Yeah, 2.0. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So it's going to require employees. Now, notice what I said, require employees, employers, excuse me, to establish defined contribution plans after the year 2021 to automatically enroll new employees when they're eligible. So for the, when they're eligible for the plan. So in that context, what they're going to say is they're going to, if you're a new employee, they want 3% of that new employee's pay to go to that 401k. And this level, so let's let's take that back just a minute. So if you're making $500 a week, 3% is $15. So they're going to require you to take $15, put in that 401k. Then the level would increase by 1% up to 10%, but not more than 15% of the employee's pay. So each year they want you to increase or the employer to increase it by 1% until it gets to 10%, not more than 15. But the employees, you know, they could opt out and, t- and take a, a different contribution level. And I think what they're thinking is if we just start them small and gradually increase that, they won't notice it in their paycheck so much and it'll help them going down the road. The other key thing to take away from this is you can contribute to Ross now in more ways. So if we're talking about enrolling people into a 401k, there's different rules that may apply to you, very could help you, or simple IRAs or SEP IRAs, because those are currently not allowed to accept Roth contributions from the employees. And I'm talking about simple and SEP IRAs. So the proposed legislation, the new 2.0, could change that. And other retirement plans, including 401ks, 403bs, 457s, you know, most people have those they can already accept Roth contributions. But what they cannot accept is this. So if you're contributing in your 401k, which I highly recommend for everybody, your employee, when they match whatever they're going to match, it has to go into the non-Roth bucket. But now they're talking about changing that so they can let your employers contribute their matching to that Roth bucket too. You just have to pay taxes on it. So I want people to think about that long term because why do most people go the traditional route? Because they get a tax break. They don't pay taxes on whatever they're contributing to their 401k. So you do that for 20 or 30 years. Just ask your parents or grandparents. You know, a lot of people are sitting on a million dollars in 401ks or IRAs or whatever it has to be. So you kick that tax can down the road for 20 or 30 years. Now you got a million dollar 401k. Is that all your million dollars? And the answer is no. And why is it not all yours? Because the IRS is your partner in there. You're going to, you know, 20, 30, 40%, whatever your tax bracket is, is to the extent that the IRS is is part of it. So if you go to the Roth IRA, 100% of that is yours. We call that principal tax concern. When we sit down and we talk to people, we want to figure out how much of your money is 100% tax when you pull it out. And if it's in a traditional, when you pull it out, 100% is taxable. That's why it is you know, important, very important to sit down and start thinking down the road, down 20, 30 years, especially if you're younger, should I contribute to a Roth side or should I contribute to the traditional side? You do want to pay the piper now, or do you want to pay them later? And we all think taxes are going up. So for 
younger people, especially younger people, and, and even if you're older, I think the Roth makes a lot more sense. It's a great point and one worth considering. Once again, employers could auto-enroll you into that 401k, but there are some other things to consider there. I do think that this is actually a good thing to make yeah. happen because yeah. a lot of people just don't understand. I'm going to pick on my dad as an example. Many years ago when he started his job, he didn't realize the benefits of a 401k. He didn't understand anything about that stuff. And you know, this is when I was really too young to be able to like tell him, knock him over the head, that do the four, do yeah. the 401k and get the match. What are you doing? And so I think he ended up working for two, maybe three years before um, before that he realized that there was kind of money being left on the table with the employer match and not being able to take advantage of that. And, uh, you know, he eventually then turned that on, but he missed out on a couple of years of, you know, potential growth and essentially free money going into that account. You hit it on the head. That's free money, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So for, for situations like that, I think ultimately it's a good thing to have that be the default that it's turned on. And then if somebody wants to, they can turn it off. So at least my opinion, right. seems like a good switch well, to make. I do too, because if you get started and like I say, if it's 3%, you're not even going to notice it in your paycheck. And if you increase it a little bit every year, you're still not going to notice it. So I think it gets people started on the right foot, just like you said, Walter. Yeah. Again, you're giving the people the option to still not participate, They're not forcing you to do it. They're just defaulting that you would be doing it yep. if no other, you know, if you don't say no. So I think yep. that's not a bad thing. Uh, one other thing to mention for now, and then we'll continue this conversation on the other side of our break, Kevin, uh, but catch-up contributions. Let's talk about those. Under Secure Act 2.0, those would increase based on this proposal. That helps those who are trying to get some last-minute savings uh, to happen. Gives them a little extra boost, right? It does. So what are we talking about catch-up provisions? So the, you know, Congress passed some laws that so if you're 50 years or older, you can make catch-up contributions in your retirement accounts. So for 2021, Older workers, 50 and older, can contribute an extra 6500 to their 401k, 403bs, those types of plans, after you hit the max. So the max you can put in is 19.5 if you're 49 or under, but if you're 50 and over, you can add an additional 6500 And if it's you have a simple IRA, you can add an additional 3000 Under the proposed bill, workers between the ages of 62 and 64, now this is a little different, you're going to be able to contribute even more to those accounts. So if you have a 401k, 403b, you know, the employees could contribute an extra $10,000 up from the current 6,500. So that's a big increase. And while participants in simple IRAs could contribute an additional $5,000 up from $3,000. Now the proposal also calls for IRA catch-up limits for those who are 50 and older to be, now this is key, Walter, because this is one of my pet peeves over the year, to be indexed for inflation starting in 2023. So what do I mean by that? Well, this catch-up uh, provision for 6,500 has been there for six, seven, eight years, and they don't index it. So the older you get, you know, the cost of things get, uh, are going up. So they're going to increase that if, if, if this passes every year by whatever percentage that they think is necessary. That's good news. Great news all around on some of these proposed changes. We're heading in the right direction. What about some of the other proposed changes? We will cover those coming up in just a couple of minutes as we continue to work our way through Secure Act. 
2.0, what you need to know about some of these new proposals and how it affects retirement planning. If you have questions about any of this, you can meet with Kevin for a one-on-one review of your financial plan and talk about putting together a better plan to get you to and through retirement. You can call 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Kevin, what happens when somebody calls and wants to go through that review and, and planning process with you? Can you take us under the hood a little bit? I can. Well, you're going you're gonna to call, and if you don't get a hold of us, the sensational Stacy's going to call you back. And she's going to gather some information, email you things to bring in for the appointment to prepare you. And then once you come in, it's as simple as sit down. We go over your goals, your aspirations, when you want to retire, those things. And we'll build your plan the very first time you come in. We'll start that process. And you'll be here maybe hour, hour and a half. And, and then we'll go from there. But it's a pretty simple process to start. And it starts with picking up the phone. Give us a call. Talk to the sensational Stacy. She'll put you on the calendar, and we'll start it. It's that easy. Again, the number to call is 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. No cost or obligation to call. Ask some questions and come in for that initial review. Take advantage of it if you live here locally in the Tri-City area. Kevin has offices in Pinconning and Saginaw as well. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888 888- 885-7526. More coming up on today's show. We'll continue our Secure Act 2.0 talk coming up next. What's that old naval acronym? Keep it simple, stupid. Uh, that's the one. Keep listening to Simply Financial. Discover a simpler approach to investing. Walter Storholt here with Kevin Ray today on Simply Financial. Thanks for joining us. And this is the show for you if you want to learn a little bit more about what's happening in the financial world, how it impacts you and your retirement future. We're going to cover some great things on today's show as we continue forward with our conversation about the SECURE Act 2.0. So we talked about the first initial SECURE Act back in 2020 a couple of times and gave you some details on proposed changes. Now, that's not law yet, that original SECURE Act. But they're already talking about amending it further with Secure Act 2.0. Earlier in the program, we talked about RMDs and those ages may be continuing to get higher, those required minimum distributions, employers being able to auto-enroll you into a 401k, and catch-up contributions increasing with this new proposal. Again, all of this is just proposal and talk about provisions, those kinds of things, nothing set in stone and law quite yet. If you missed that initial conversation, by the way, go to insightfolios.com. There you can find past episodes of the show and click the listen button, and you can go back and listen to that initial segment that we did on the show today. Again, that's at insightfolios.com if you want to catch part one of this conversation. But moving on to a couple of the other things that are in the SECURE Act, Kevin, matching funds on student loan payoffs. Now, we know student loans have been in the news quite a bit since really before the election as something that's drawn a lot of attention over the last several months and solutions ranging from everywhere from suck it up and pay what you borrowed to forgive it all and then, you know, things in between, trying to figure out how to lessen the student loan burden. Well, the Secure Act 2.0 actually has, I don't know, somewhat of an interesting way that maybe we could kind of uh, at least help some folks out with their student loan payments. What's going on in this in this part of the proposal of Secure Act? Yeah, you're right. It's been all over the place, right? Depending on who's um, in control, you know, we're forgive it all, which if they do forgive it all, you know, that student doesn't have to pay anything. But does somebody have to pay, Walter? Uh, we do, eventually. We do. So right? that drives me crazy, right? <laughs> that drives me crazy. You know, somebody's got to pay. That's right. But um, 
So if you're, if you're a, you know, if you went to college and you have this massive debt, which a lot of college, you know, students will have, you know, traditionally employers match participants' contributions to their retirement accounts. But some workers, you know, for, you know, they may be unable to fund a retirement account because they want to pay down their student debt. So they don't want to start that, um, you know, 401k because they'd rather funnel that money to start paying down their student debt. But the proposed legislation will allow employers to make matching contributions to their workers' retirement accounts based on their workers' own student loan payments. So in other words, if you're putting money towards your student loans versus your 401k, that's going to allow your new employer or your existing employer to start putting money or matching contributions and to put that into your 401k. So that's going to apply to 401ks, 403bs, simple IRAs, 457s, and all those plans that come along. That's kind of an interesting twist. So um, I kind of like that idea too. So then at least if you're working, you're getting some benefit from that 401k because the employer could start matching some of those some of those contributions. It's a great point. I, I actually like this proposal as well. I think this is a nice way to sort of meet in the middle, and it's a very crafty way to help out younger workers who maybe, you know, it, it hurts them if they're not paying off those student loans, even if they are saving for retirement, because it's kind of like, you know, you're adding while still subtracting. So if you can focus on getting out of debt faster, then you can flip the attention to starting to build up for retirement after that. I, I don't see this as a negative. I think that's not a bad thing, especially no. some of the interest rates on some of these loans are you know, relatively significant um, and, and maybe higher than what you'd be able to get by investing. So worthwhile to pay those things off faster. It's not quite like a mortgage where maybe you've got a really low interest rate. So, And this way you're not passing up that free money as we talked about right. before because the employer now can you know start throwing some matching contributions in your 401ks or 403bs or whatever it happens to be. So I think it's a, I think somebody up there in Congress is actually starting to think a little bit, which really surprises me, and saying, how can we make it better? How can we encourage mm-hmm. people? And I think that's a good thing. So Yeah, I see stuff like that in the auto-enroll 401k one that we talked about in the first segment and think that actually gives me hope that we can <laughs> maybe yeah. still have the government uh, you know, do some good things for us and make some progress on some things. That just seems like a good common-sense solution to allow that. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. I like the Ronald Reagan's quote. He says, uh, beware when you hear I'm from the government and I'm here to help. So it's always <laughs> in the back of my mind, right? That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, last but not least, one more Secure Act 2.0 provision to discuss, at least for today's show. And this isn't necessarily a comprehensive guide on everything that they're discussing, but some of the highlights to cover for you on the show today. By the way, if you have any questions for Kevin as we discuss these things, feel free to reach out. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888 888- Eight eight five seventy five twenty six, and this is uh, a provision that says you could find old four hundred one k's more easily, which I found kind of odd. Like, is there a an epidemic of lost four hundred one k's out there? Well, you think about this. Like for my age group, you know, my dad he worked for General Motors and retired from General Motors. He worked for one company a long, long time. And if you're here in Michigan, you may have worked for Dow or one of the you know the big three automakers. AC. There's all kinds of companies on here. Once you started, you worked there your entire working career, and then you're retired. But for the parent, for the children of those parents. It's not uncommon. I bet you if we took a poll, there'd be a big percentage of people who have worked for more than three companies during their working career. And a lot of times it's four or five or six companies. And you think about it, if you worked maybe for a company you know, a year or two and you had a 401k and you didn't contribute much and your employer contributed a little bit in there and you just forgot about them. And over the years, 
you know, maybe you've moved, you know, maybe you change addresses and maybe you got married and your name's changed and you cannot find those, you cannot locate those. So what, what this law is proposing is they're go, they want to create a national database to serve as those lost and found for retirement um, accounts. I think that's a good idea too because sometimes, where does it end up now? It ends up in the, in the state account. So you can go in the lost and found in the state account and if a company can't easily contact you, that's where everything goes. So I... I Typically tell people, let's look in, you know, you maybe you ought to look in there too to see if there's some old accounts that you have forgot. Um, but I think that's a good uh, a good thing too because the new generation, the new, you know, it's not like my parents where you work for one company. This could be beneficial. And find an account or two maybe that you've forgotten about and maybe it's added up over the years and it could help you and impact your financial retirement going forward. We talked a lot about the new SECURE Act uh, that that's probably going to be passed here, certainly. And there's some benefits and some provisions that probably could help most people. And the best thing to do is to see how it's going to help you. How, do, how can these things help you? How can you employ those into your own situation and go forward? And it's simple. If you're confused about these and if you want some help about this stuff that we talk in uh, about week in, week out, give us a call. Just pick up the phone. Stacy will put you on the calendar and we'll start that process. Don't sit on the sidelines. Don't procrastinate. Because sooner or later, the time's going to come or it may be too late. You should have started five years earlier, three years earlier, whatever the time frame is. Don't sit there. Don't wait. Don't stick your head in the sand. Get the process started because it only benefits you in the long term. So pick up the phone. Give us a call. We'd be happy to sit down and talk to you. Again, that number is 888-885-7526 or more simply 888-885-PLAN. 888-885-PLAN. Call that number. If you get the voicemail, leave us a quick message. The Sensational Stacy will follow back up with you to set up a time to come in, meet with Kevin, or ask your questions over the phone or Zoom, whatever you're more comfortable with. But sounds like more people are coming back into the office nowadays, Kevin, right? There, there, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So set up that time to meet. Come on by. A nice office there in Pinconning. Uh, Kevin will point out to you some great uh, restaurants and local shops and places to hit up while you're visiting and uh, you know get a good review of your financial plan. Make sure you're in good shape to get to and through retirement. And if not, make the changes necessary to get there. Again, if you want to set up that time to meet, just call 888-885-PLAN, 888-885-PLAN. Or go to insightfolios.com for more information if you want to do some web research first, and that's fine too. More coming up on today's show. This is Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's show here on Simply Financial, where we just uh, take a quick moment to talk non-finance stuff and just get to know Kevin as your financial planner a little bit more. Kevin, my question for you this week, who's the most famous person that you've met in person? I see, I met a few. I've met Pat Riley, you know, the basketball coach. Oh, yeah. Picture with him. Was he, was he nice? Did you he actually a, get to like speak for a moment? Just a moment. He, yeah. he did a presentation for a group of us, and it was a very interesting presentation. Met Dinesh D'Souza, got a picture with him. And if I go way back, I met Artie Johnson and Pat Paulson. Um, Artie Johnson was on Laughing. If you remember that, uh, you probably don't, Walter, but he was on Laughing, and Pat Paulson was a comedian too. Those two were cut up, and that was back in the seventies. Um, yeah, you lost me on that one, but I'm sure I, I'm, I'm sure some of our listening audience will be along with you for that one. Yeah, no, they well because Pat Paulson ran for president as a joke, and he's from Michigan, and and I uh, met him in Traverse City. They were buying my uncle's brother-in-law's boat of all things. Really? 
Yeah, they were a hoot. They were just as funny when you met them in person as they were, you know, on TV. And I, I, those two really stick out to me. So, you know, they, they took time. We got to talk to them, and they were just a hoot. That's pretty cool. Um, let's see. I've gotten to meet Michael Jordan very briefly. Yeah. Roy Williams, Dean Smith. I mean, from when I worked at the University of North Carolina, I got to know anybody that would sort of be considered a celebrity through the, you know, through the yep. UNC system, if you will. So a lot of former players and their coaches and that sort of thing. Um, outside of that, uh, when I was a little kid, so I don't know how famous we'll rank this person, but if you followed racing at all back in the day, um, Jeff Bodine. Uh, the, oh, there yeah. were the Bodine brothers. There was Brett, Todd, and, and Jeff. Jeff is the one who has maybe the most incredible uh, crash of all time at Daytona in the trucks. If you've never seen that that wreck, it's just amazing that he walked away from it. When went up into the catch fence and car blew apart, and it was just wild. I met him a couple of times when I was little uh, because I think he lived in in Greensboro where I grew up, and um, we saw him at a putt putt a, a couple of times actually, more than once. <laughs> he was <laughs> at the putt putt, and so I've got a couple of pictures of him of like one when I was a little baby, and then when I when I was a little older, he was holding and he held me as the baby, and we took pictures, and then we ended up seeing him a couple years later, and then saw him at some NASCAR race event later on as well, and we had the picture with us and showed him the picture. So that was my dad's favorite driver when I was growing up, and so. I won't say we got to know him, but you know we encountered him a few times, and you know he was somewhat famous back in back in the day. So, well, that's funny you mention that because uh, a long time ago I was doing I had a, a seminar that we were doing, and Jordan Hancock showed up, and he won the Indy Five Hundred. In fact, I was sitting with him at his home, and I noticed the trophies on the wall, and it finally dawned on me who he was. So that was kind of funny. Yeah, that is that is kind of funny. It's amazing how small race car drivers are. Most of them, at least, uh, if you've ever been up close to to some of them. Um, a lot of, the, of them are just very tiny, uh, kind of like jockeys. Whenever you see a jockey, you're like, wow, <laughs> they're very, yes. very short, but it makes sense. You know, the lighter, lighter and smaller, easier to fit into the car or, uh, you know, less weight on the horse and that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. In an event, there you go. A couple of little uh, famous people that we've kind of come across over the course of the years. I'm sure there's one or two, maybe we're, we're even forgetting Kevin, but, uh, those are a couple on the list. So. Well, that was funny. I was walking through Detroit airport. This was probably two years ago. And Richard Petty. Now he was tall and a skinny guy. Oh yeah. And he and, and I kind of looked and I double taked and I lo- and I looked at him. And he knew I recognized him. He flashed a smile. I I swear to you, it, his teeth were so white it kind of blinded you. <laughs> Did he? Uh, was he carrying some goodies headache powder with him? <laughs> no, he had he had his big hat on. You know, you just knew it was him. And he was and he just that biggest smile I remember. He was just enjoying the day. You could tell. So. Well, that definitely counts yeah. as a famous race car driver there. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, we count that one too for you very well. Uh, oh, very cool. More coming up on today's show. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, something I think you'll be interested in. We we'll only have a few minutes. But we're going to talk about some retirement blind spots. Hey, speaking of driving and racing, people, you know, looking over your shoulder, checking out your blind spots, seeing what's there. Well, what about in retirement? What are some of those things that are lurking that we don't say that we should be aware of? We'll hit a couple of those when we come back right here on Simply Financial. No need to make things hard on yourself. Keep listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Learn a simpler way to invest. Here on Simply Financial, getting ready to wrap things up for the week. But before we do, a little bit more chatting with Kevin Ray, our financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you throughout the Tri-City area. Kevin wanted wanted to talk a little bit about retirement blind spots. Most retirees and pre-retirees 
have blind spots in their retirement plan. You know, those things that you never knew they needed to even be thinking about, like the person who's pulled up alongside you on the highway and you didn't see them and they're just kind of lurking in the blind spot there. You didn't even know you needed to be thinking about that person. Same kind of idea here in the retirement world. Want to look at a couple of blind spots in the time that we have remaining on today's show and see if any of these can actually cause some problems and what we can do to address them maybe. What about the danger of a downturn in the market in the early years of your retirement? And is that much late, uh, worse than a market downturn that would happen later in retirement? Well, what we're talking about here, Walter, is something called sequence of returns. And if you Google that, though, you'll have a lot of illustrations. But let's, uh, let me give you a quick one. Let's assume that you retired in 2000 and you had a million dollars. And then you were using the 4% rule. So you were drawing $40,000 a year to retire. But in 2001, two, uh, those three years, you lost 45%. So what's 45% of a million dollars, Walter? I'm going to math uh, four, you again. 450000 50,000. So what are you left with after a million? 550000 Then you withdraw 40000 for three years. Oh, God. Thinking this four. <laughs> so now you, you see what happens, right? Yes. You're down to 300000 quickly, and you cannot recoup. So those, are, those can be devastating to your retirement plan, and that's why I'm always saying on the radio, let's make sure you have investments that produce income regardless of what the market does so that if you are in the market and you're let's say you're using dividends you can withstand something like that in most cases or if you're using annuities or whatever it is so those can be very critical in the in the start of your retirement and they're called sequence of returns very good sequence of returns something interesting to think about uh what about the insidious effects of inflation over time, inflation's been in the news a lot lately. Yeah, what are you talking about? Government says we have no inflation, but you can't you can't prove that by me by going to the store and going to the gas station. But yeah. um, or or the latest thing I saw this past week, Kevin, was used cars. Some used cars are now selling for more than they sold when they were new. Yep, yep. I've, I just talked to a guy who just sold his truck for more than what he paid for. Yep, Crazy. exactly. So the inflation over time, what we're talking about here in retirement planning is. Let's say you can retire on $50,000 a year and you feel comfortable with that. Well, 10 years from now, I assure you that $50,000 is not going to be enough in most cases because of inflation. Everything goes up in cost. So your inflation plan, if your income plan has to incorporate inflation and keep up with the cost of things, that's very critical. All right. Another financial blind spot would be the fact that medical costs are increasing at a rate even faster than inflation. That one I can imagine would do some damage to a portfolio if unchecked. Yes, because we all know if you you know if you go into the hospital and you have major bills, your insurance is going to pick up depending on what type of insurance going to pick up some, maybe you're liable for some and you're paying your own Medicare supplement. All those premiums seem to go up and up and up. And there was an article written, I think it was by Forbes, that says the average retiree is going to have about $250,000 in medical bills over time. And this is part of it. So you have to plan for those things in your plan going forward. Because as we get older, the likelihood that you're going to need some sort of medical attention is, is just going to increase. All right. One more retirement blind spot here, Kevin. The possibility of tax increases in the future. Yeah, that's a big one. Well, we, we all know taxes have to go up because of the spending that's going on now. And in fact, I'd find it hard to find any pundit out there that says they're not going to increase. So 
that's why when we talked earlier about Roth conversions or maybe Roth planning is even a bigger aspect in this. So let's say you got the same million dollars and sitting in a traditional 401k, you need $50,000 a year. Well, you may have to take out 80 just to net 50 because you owe taxes. If the Roth, uh, you have a Roth in place and you still need that 50, all you have to do is take out 50. So tax increases we think are going up in the future and this is a great time to plan for them because we're in historically low tax environment still right now. And so the planning is critical going forward into your retirement. Let's keep as much money as we can in your pocket versus giving it away in the form of taxes. Again, if you have questions about anything we've talked about on today's show, taxes, inflation, how all these things impact your financial plan, the Secure Act 2.0 possibilities that we discussed as well, all these things make a difference in your plan. And you've got to have a solid plan to address all of these different little pitfalls that exist out there in the retirement landscape. So make sure that you are well prepared for your financial future by getting a free review of your financial plan with Kevin and the team at Insight Folios. And you can set that up by calling 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-PLAN, 888-885-7526. Or go online to insightfolios.com and click the Listen button to listen to past episodes of the show or to ask a question there on the website, insightfolios.com. Kevin, thank you for your help on the program today. Enjoy the conversation. Go out there, catch some fish, do something fun, and uh, we'll talk to you again next weekend. I will text you the picture of the big ones. Sounds, like. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Uh, evidence. We need the evidence. No fish stories here. We're going to have hard, hard evidence. For some reason, you, you think I don't tell you the truth all the time. I don't That's not that. true. No, no. Your you, fish stories are very realistic. Okay. So. Uh, that's Kevin Ray. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for taking some time to join us this weekend. Hope you have a great one. And we'll talk to you soon right back here on Simply Financial. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.